Welcome to the world of culture pop with Steve Mason and Sue Kalinsky. Culture, comedy, movies, TV, tech, authors, trends, pop, pop. This is the Culture Pop Podcast. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason, along with Sue Kalinsky. Sue, as you can see, um, I cut myself shaving. Well, I wasn't sure whether it was you cut yourself shaving or um, you put your finger too deep in your nose. Yeah, it's it's right at the very edge of the nostril. It's painful. I got to take when we get our guest. Actually, I'm going to take it off right now. When we get our guest, I'm not going to have a piece of uh, tissue paper stuck to my face. So we we're just talking about the finale of Ted Lasso. You finally saw the finale. Yes. And uh, and what did you think? I had, I mean, I knew it was heading there because, you know, you, you kind of saw, um, you saw how Nate was just being, um, a prick. Yeah. Being a prick. And, uh, you could just tell that, uh, that something was going to happen with him in the final episode. Um, I, I didn't expect it to be what it ended up being. But it was great. Oh, it's great. It's It tees up season three perfectly because the one thing about season two is there was really no, like the first year, the owner, the the uh, Hannah Waddington plays, I can't think of her, her character name, uh, but she was the bad guy, right? Because she mm-hmm. was trying to tank the team and, uh, and punish her ex-husband. And so she brought in Ted Lasso, who didn't know what he was doing. So there's a bad guy there. This year, there was really no antagonist. There was no bad guy. Now they've set it up season three. There's going to be a, a bad guy. It's Nate and it's the, the ex-husband mm-hmm. on the team that you know AC Richmond is going to play a bunch. So I, I think they did a great job in setting that up. Mm-hmm. So do you, are you a big fan of football? Do you have football season? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't follow it as closely as baseball. And it usually takes me a little while to um, decompress when baseball's over yeah, to, yeah. to kind of get into football. But I mean, I've been following the Rams and, uh, you know, the, the local teams I'm, I'm totally following. Um, and I follow the Jets and the Giants just because, you know, that's where I used to Boy, live. They always suck. God, they're horrible. They are awful. It doesn't matter what they do. The Jets and Giants always suck. Well, the only hope is, is that they come out of it like the Knicks did, you know, like the right. Knicks. They made the playoffs last year. Yeah, so, sure. No, the Knicks actually shocking. are really good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Jets and Giants will not be in the playoffs. Uh, no, they will no, not. Rest but, assured. Rest no, assured. I, I know. And maybe not even in my lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> the same as the Mets. Maybe not in your lifetime. Well, I don't know. I think the Mets definitely, they, they just have to get a great general manager. You know, um, I think that that is really going to turn the team around. You know, they, they've got to get rid of, rid of Sandy Alderson. I mean, he's just... He's old school in a bad way. Yeah, and in a bad way. I completely agree. Yeah, football season becomes so. I'm getting ready. I'm wearing my Rams hat. I'm getting ready to uh, go tomorrow night. Uh, we're recording this on Saturday, November the sixth. So tomorrow night's uh, Sunday night football at uh, SoFi Stadium. Have you been to SoFi Stadium yet? I haven't, but <sighs> the more you talk about it, I have it to go. It is unbelievable. It really is great. And Sunday night football is totally different. You get a different vibe. Uh, people get really ramped up because they know they're in prime time. And I, the team is playing incredibly well and got Von Miller this week, added him to their defense. I mean, I think the Rams are going to make a real Super Bowl run. I think two years in a row, we could have the Super Bowl team playing in its home stadium because the Super Bowl is at SoFi this year. And to have the Rams, if they're the number one seed, 
they might never have to leave Los Angeles to get to the Super Bowl, which right. would be incredible. Which is what um, Tampa Bay did. Tampa Bay did last year. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Our guest, uh, by the way, is a big sports fan, so we'll talk some sports with him. But uh, he's also a huge country music star. He's written hits like Singles You Up, Slow Dance in a Parking Lot, and Take It From Me. His latest EP features the hit By Dirt, which he performs with Luke Bryan. It was nominated by the Country Music Association for Musical Event of the Year. That CMA show will air Wednesday, November the 10th. And here's a little bit of By Dirt. By Dirt Find the one you can't live without Get a ring, let your knee hit the ground Do what you love, but call it work Throw a little money in the plate at church Send your prayers up and your roots down deep Add a few limbs to your family tree And watch their pencil marks in the grass in the yard all grow up Cause the truth about it is It all goes by real quick You can't buy happiness and he also just played Staples Center here in Los Angeles, along with Kane Brown. Jordan Davis is here. Jordan, thanks so much for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you all for having me on. I've been looking forward to it. So I was on my bike this morning and I listened to all your all your music uh, by Dirt. Such a great song. Um, and I'm curious from you, your songwriter, where's the song come from for you? Like, how do you how do you write a song? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... You know, I mean, some people have their like kind of set methods. Uh, for me, it's it's kind of different every time. You know, sometimes I'll be either reading something or watching a movie or, or just driving down the street and have an idea for a song. And I'll kind of start it there. Uh, just, you know, lyric, uh, you know, trying to suss that out. And then uh, and then I have a, a group of songwriters in Nashville that I'll either bring an idea to and uh, and then we just kind of sit down and kind of brainstorm and. Um, I think the coolest stuff is, you know, take by dirt, for example, we were on a writer's retreat, um, south of town where, you know, we just rented a cabin for three days and we're going down there to write songs, woke up early one morning and, you know, was drinking coffee and kind of having some fellowship on the back porch. And, and somebody said, you know, sometimes I think the meaning of all this is just to buy dirt and, you know, be around family. And I was like, well, we need to write that. So, uh, <laughs> We went and grabbed guitars and, and we ended up writing by dirt. So where did where does the did the lyrics come first? Does the music come first? Like where how do you how do you put the song together? For me, majority of the time, I usually have to have a lyric or some some kind of just rough idea of, of what I'm looking for in the song. Uh, but there have been a few songs where I've walked into a room, somebody's playing something on guitar or on keys, and somebody will say, like, Hey man, what is that? And they'll just be like, oh, man, it's just something I'm kind of making up. And so you have your music first in that case, and then you kind of put words to it. Uh, but for me, it's it, there's not one method that I like more than the other. Um, you know, whether it be the music come first or the lyric come first. Um, you know, I, I think it's just kind of another challenge to songwriting that that I'm open to. Uh, I'm open to both ways of, of writing. You know, the thing I love about Buy Dirt is, and I've, you know, I've got the lyrics right in front of me, find the one you can't live without, get a ring, let your knee hit the ground. Um, uh, the truth it all goes real quick. It's almost it's almost like an instruction manual for life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we what we uh, what started by Dirt was, you know, we were in the middle of a pandemic. You know, we weren't touring. 
we didn't know when we were going to be able to release music. Um, you know, we didn't know what a lot of things, there's a lot of uncertainties and we were kind of like, you know what, whether we stay in this for three years or whether we're out of it next month, the one thing that is never going to change, uh, is faith, family, and friends. You know, they've been there from day one and, and you hope to keep them there until the last one. And so, uh, yeah, it kind of is just a manual, or at least to me, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, remember what's important. Remember what keeps your life going on the path that it needs to be going on. And sometimes it's as simple as that, those three things and not get caught up in social media or, or whatever else can derail that. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of that's that's what by dirt means to me. I tell you what, I, I listened to all of your music last night <laughs> and um, I'm catching up with your career and um, and 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 better for it. Um you wrote, you wrote a song called uh, Take It From Me. And um, I, could, I could quote your lyrics all day long because they're so <laughs> vivid and, and so relatable. But this one song reminded me of something in my life. So it, it was about the woman, you know, to, you know, it was about her going home with you. And you said, if you want a T-shirt to sleep in, it's my favorite, but you can keep it. And years ago, girlfriend uh, of mine, we were writing um, a play. And we were talking about how, you know, you go home with a guy and then the next morning you don't want to wear your clothes home. So he gives yeah. you a T-shirt. And depending on the type of T-shirt he gives you, we called it souvenirs. And the oh, type yeah, of yeah. T-shirt he gives you uh, determines how much he likes you. Hmm. And if he gives you a T-shirt that's kind of ratty, you know, and he doesn't care if he'll ever see it again, you know, yep. maybe you'll never see him again. <laughs> he gives if he what gives if he, you his favorite t-shirt i was about to say you're, you're kind of in yeah if he sends you out the house in a lululemon workout shirt he's probably gonna want to see you again to get that shirt back so uh <laughs> you know what's so funny that you brought that line up um out of all the lyrics that i've written all the songs i've released that is my mom's most hated lyric that i have out uh <laughs> she does not like the uh it's my favorite you know if you need a t-shirt to sleep in Mainly because I wrote that when I was still a single guy. My mom was is a uh, is very uh, southern, and she's like Jordan. There's no reason why any girl that's not married to you should be staying over at your house. But uh, yeah, so that that line came from uh, actually a brother. My brother uh, had a, a a John Anderson T-shirt that he liked a lot, and uh, he met a girl one night that needed a T-shirt, and the next morning, and she took that T-shirt from him, and he never saw it again. So that's exactly where that came from. <laughs> well, well, that's well, that's what I love about it so much because it really resonates with women. And I'm just going to share with you something. I I did stand up comedy for a very long time, and I'm very good friends with Elaine Boozler. And I don't know if you know who she is, but yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. so Elaine had a really really funny joke about sleeping at a guy's house, waking up the next morning. She only had like it was a completely black outfit, and her hair was in disarray, and her eye makeup was running down her face. And he didn't give her something to wear and she had to leave. And she said she looked like the whore of Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> so she didn't have a guy to protect uh, her. Yeah. With giving her we, a piece of clothing. We used to call it, uh, well, I know, you know, still it's the, it's the walk of shame, but, uh, so our, our college house had this, it was an old college house in Baton Rouge and all hardwood floors. And so we used to say, we used to call it high heels on the hallway because, 
at like seven thirty in the morning. I had three roommates. <laughs> you would always hear the the, the pitter patter of high heels leaving the house like super early. You're like, well, I guess I guess somebody met a girlfriend last night. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So you know, it's funny. I do a show on ESPN here in Los Angeles, and I I go through and I find you know when you're listening to a, a sports talk show, there's always music that leads into uh, the segment where you're going to start talking. So I'm going through all the charts. I'm going through like the top 100 on, on iTunes. And the one thing I noticed about popular music right now is that it is so depressing. Like it's, it's really, it's, it's a downer, the music that you hear on like top 40 where everything's really, really sad. And the thing I like about country music is I think it's more optimistic. I think there's something about country music that makes it more optimistic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you 100%. I think a lot of it is, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, coming to y'all from my tour bus, you know, we're on tour with Kane Brown right now. And, um, you know, not a lot of people want to show up and hear a bunch of sad songs on a Friday night, you know, when they're looking to blow some steam off. And we take that into account when we're writing songs. You know, we look at like, you know, are people going to want to hear about, you know, they always say in country music, you know, my truck and my truck breaking down, my dog dying and my girlfriend leaving me, you know, for an hour and a half. And, um, you know, I think that that drives us to look at songwriting different and and look at it to where like, you know what, if I were to spend money, you know, get the babysitter, pay for parking, show up, buy a $12 beer and stand in, you know, a crowd of people for an hour and a half do I want to sit there and hear a bunch of sad, depressing songs or do I want to hear something that makes me feel good? And, uh, and I, I do, I, I'm with you. I think that that country music does a really good job of that. You just played Staples Center, right? Yes, sir. Like a couple, yeah, about a month ago. Yeah. So what, what's that experience like playing in LA and playing at an iconic venue like Staples Center? You know, that was one that uh, I think for my whole crew um, was pretty, you know, when we first signed on with Kane to play uh, and we saw that that was on the route sheet, Staples Center, you know, we all kind of had it circled. Um, you know, it's tough. Not everybody in my camp's a huge Kobe fan. So to walk in there during sound check and look up and see his jersey hanging and to just the history of the Lakers in general, just, you know, that you're you're walking through. And, um, you know, it's it's a that's definitely probably one of the top venues that I've played since I've been doing music. Yeah, you know, you were you were just talking about, um, you know, people don't want to hear sad songs. Yet, even within some of the lyrics of "Love and Lost," um, "Love and Loss," there some of the lyrics are 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 not depressing to me. Like just the insight, like you you have that song um, "Singles You Up," which I love the title. The titles Thank to you. your songs are so great. Um, Thank you. And I'm like, oh, well, what, what's that about? And and it's just so perfect. But you say about a woman, you know, I see you sipping white wine instead of whiskey. Um, and does he want you to be just a little more city? You know, I mean, <laughs> it's just so perfect, you know, of uh, of uh, of of someone who was with you. And uh, yeah. and now she's doing something a little bit different with this other guy, you know. Right. And it's just yeah. such a great way of 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 saying it. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's one, you know, I think the first, the first goal for me in songwriting when it comes to getting an idea is like, what is, what is an idea that, you know, there's a, there's a hundred songs out there that, you know, because of you, or I love you or something like that. It's like, you know, what are what, the first thing that somebody's going to see that maybe doesn't know my music is a title. 
you know, and it's going to be like, is that title going to make them say like, you know what, I, I, I want to listen to that to see what it's about, you know, like what, what do they write this song about? Um, and singles you up was, was that it's like, you know, it makes you want to figure out what that means or slow dance in a parking lot. Uh, you know, one of my favorite titles of all time, I'm a huge Jason Isbell fan and he's got a song title called elephant. And hmm. I remember when the record was released, that song piqued me because I was like, how did this guy write a song about an elephant and <laughs> put it on a record? And then you listen to it and you're blown away by the lyrical content of it. But uh, yeah, I think that's like the first, you know, the first sign to a good song is, uh, is the title. So you're, uh, you're an outdoorsman, grew up as an outdoorsman. I live in Los Angeles, but I was born in central Pennsylvania and we, we hunted and fished when I was growing up. First day of buck season, first day of trout season. Sue and her husband do a lot of camping. Uh, what do you think people get out of? I, I think we've sort of lost track of living close to the land. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I think that's, that's one thing that I know for myself that I've tried to try to, to tell my fans about, not just to go out and, and hunt and, you know, show a grip and grin photo of you with this big deer, but take it a step further and, and, you know, saying like, Hey, you know, we went out, we hunted this morning. Um, you know, we were successful. We killed a deer, we killed a bunch of duck. Uh, but to come back and, and finish the process of it, you know, for me, that's kind of been my thing of, you know, don't just show the hunt, you know, show, show the food, like show what happens back at the camp when it's like, Hey, we were blessed to go out and shoot, you know, nine ducks. We had a great time doing it. We drank coffee. We had a bunch of, you know, hung out with friends, but now it's time we finish that and show that, Hey, tonight we're having duck gumbo. Or, yep. um, and I think that's where to me, that's how I grew up hunting. And that's what, um, you know, being a true outdoorsman was to me. Yeah. And so I've kind of tried to, uh, kind of tried to bring that back with, with the way that me and my buddies are, are portraying hunting, uh, through, you know, our socials and, and however else we're, we're going about it. Yeah. I mean, we used to, and it's very much the same. There was obviously no social media, but you know, we ate everything that we hunted for. I mean, we had deer all winter long. You'd, the buck season would open on uh, day after Thanksgiving, I think, or the Monday after Thanksgiving. Um, I shot yeah. my first buck when I was 17 years old. And, you know, we ate that buck, uh, venison steak, and and ground it up and mixed it with ground beef. And it's trout season, same thing. Uh, you know, I to me, the the idea of the picture with the the deer is one thing, but actually not doing it kind of recklessly, but actually using it, um, is, yeah. is part that, that, you know, some people are, you know, are not, uh, aren't happy with people who hunt, but I mean, it's, it's for food. I mean, it's, it's yeah. food on top of everything else. I mean, I think, and, and there's a lot of guys out there that are, you know, showcasing that and, and really kind of at the forefront of, um, you know, just using every bit of, you know, Obviously, Meat Eater on Netflix, Stephen Rinello is doing a, an incredible job with that. But uh, there's a lot of just just chefs in like the chef world that are kind of getting into hunting to where it's like, you know, stay away from your, you know, stay away from the grocery store. If you're going to have hamburgers, you know, why not go out and, and know exactly where that hamburger came from? To me, it just makes it a little bit more special. Um, and, and it's something, you know, it, it, like I said, it's just something we from day one, I was ingrained where if. If you go out to hunt, you go out to hunt because you have to eat. And, and that's what we've, we've tried to keep doing. 
it's so out of my world. I'm a Jew from New York. <laughs> no hunting in in yeah. in, in uh, any of the lineage of, of my yeah. family. But I totally Which is totally fine. That's totally no, fine. no, no. But I, I but you know, just hearing you talk about it, I, mean, I totally appreciate what you're saying because you know this isn't like a trophy in you know like a head of an animal you know in, in your living room. You know, this yeah. is a meal on on the table. So it's it's a whole. You know, and and I totally appreciate the fact that you grew up that way. Yeah, you know. So I'm on uh, Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I am not on TikTok, but I looked at your TikTok account, and you are like all over it and really entertaining. It looks like you're having a lot of fun with it. Um, what what made you get into TikTok? How is it? I've got I own my uh, own handle on TikTok. I just haven't done anything on it yet. How do you come up yeah. with stuff for TikTok? You know, I think uh, it, it, it took, it was a little bit of a growing period. Um, I have a buddy of mine that's out with me now that kind of helps me, kind of guide me through that. He's a, he's a younger buck. So uh, he's, he's kind of got more of a pulse on it. But uh, I mean, we viewed it as a, as another way to reach fans. You know, uh, I think it really kind of came to a point during the pandemic and people were kind of looking for that interaction and connection with, you know, the people that they followed and, and we just kind of viewed it as another way for them to kind of get an insight into what we do. Um, you know, there's a lot of boredom on the road, you know, when you're touring, hmm. it's kind of like a, a lot of hurry up and wait, you know, you just kind of sit around and, and don't do a lot. But, uh, so we kind of try to fill that out with, you know, doing some stupid stuff or, you know, making a funny video. And, and I think the the fans love to see that side of it too. So I'm still learning it. I'm still figuring out how to get better at it, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been really cool. And yeah, it's some good stuff. It's some really, it's some fun stuff. Yeah. We're here in, uh, we're at Penn state tonight. And so this morning we went and and played with the the women's basketball team and they all, they beat the dog mess out of all of us. So uh, look for, (laughs) look for that content coming to TikTok real soon. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. So, so, so what are, what are other fun things that you get to do when you're on the road? Because I, you know, I, tr- I toured as a, as a comedian for many, many years and yeah. um, some, you know, some places we went to, you know, there was nothing, you know, you go to a mall and I golf. So, you know, we would golf. But um, what, what are other fun things that you've done like this basketball game? Yeah, uh, well, we are we're huge golfers. So we, we you know, now it's getting a little colder. We're backing off of it. But, uh, you know, now it's get kind of getting into hunting season. So like for me, it's like, if you know, any town we come into. You know, if there's any guy that we can go out and fish with or, um, you know, go, you know, maybe potentially hunt with, you know, we look for that. But uh, as a new dad, as a three month old at the house mm. and I have a two, two year old as well, uh, I, I'll be honest with you. Some days are just meant to uh, recharge the batteries and uh, kind of sleep in till 12 o'clock and and kind of get going. So, uh, but, yeah, we always try to find something in every city we're at to, to kind of go blow some steam off. So you went to LSU. And, uh, you know, I'm a big sports fan. I cover sports uh, for a living. In addition to doing this, um, I, my main job is with ESPN. Uh, what, what do you think of the uh, season LSU has had? How do you feel about Coach O leaving, all that stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, the Coach O thing I felt was a little soon. Um, I, I feel like he maybe should have been able to, to finish the year out, uh, which I know he is. But it's like, you know, let him finish it out without uh, knowing that this is going to be his This last. announcement, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, I, in my opinion, we lost a lot in 2019. We had a great football team, but we lost yep. both coordinators. Uh, we lost the whole offensive side of the football. And, um, 
you know, I just think it takes a minute to rebuild, especially in the SEC. And um, and I hate to say that a 500 season is rebuilding, but I get that LSU has high expectations. Um, but, you know, for me, I think it hurts is because there's something to having a coach that is at his dream job. And, and yeah. Coach O was at his dream job. And um, I, I wish we would have gave him one more season. But, um, you know, I, I also get it. And uh, I just hope we're, we're able to fill it with, either Joe Brady or Dave Aranda. Ah, there you go. There you go. Some, Joe Brady coming back is a good idea. Joe Brady left is, uh, uh, and is in Carolina now. When Joe, Burrow, when Joe Brady and Joe Burrow left, that was pretty much it. That kind of stripped the program. That was a, I mean, that was a big shot, you know? I mean, that was, a, you know, two huge leaders. And, um, but I'm confident that LSU would get it turned around. I know this next coach is going to be super qualified, whoever it is. And um, I'm looking forward to to starting a new chapter down in Baton Rouge. You know, we're on the West Coast and I've worked for USC for 10 years. I did their uh, pregame and their postgame and all that stuff. And when USC is good, we get really cranked up. Um, when they're not, it's it's a pretty, pretty low vibe out here. Um, why Why do you think football, college football is so big in the South? You know, I think it, it's a lot of it is just in the culture. Um, it's, you know, we don't have as much to do as, as out in LA, you know, and I really think that has a lot to do with it. You yeah. know, in, in Louisiana, um, you know, from day one, I was raised to love LSU Tiger football. Like that was it. And, uh, and I think it's just, it's just super implanted in, in the culture, especially in Louisiana. I know Alabama's the same way. Uh, it just, yeah, I don't want to say it means more, but uh, I, I think it's just more of a priority. Uh, and I'm guilty of it, you know. From, like I said, from day one, I was I was a tiger, and um, and still love it just as much as I did then. But uh, it it is a strange, it's a SEC football man. It's it's a it's an it's a thing, man. Yeah. yeah, and especially like you were saying, I mean, if you don't have like professional teams in your town, you know, they they replace that really. Yeah, and, and you know, growing up too, you know, I grew up in when the saints were terrible, you know, yeah. so, uh, LSU was, LSU was the team. And, uh, and I just think that's a lot, you know, Alabama doesn't have a pro team. Uh, Mississippi doesn't have a pro team. So it's, you know, it's Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi state, Ole Miss. And that's their, you know, that's their, that's their guys. Are you a, uh, a saints fan too? You do have professional football down in Louisiana. Uh, you a saints am. fan? I am. I say that we weren't good. I was still a saints fan. Even when we weren't good, I'm yep. not a bandwagon guy, but, uh, I am. I'm a big Saints fan, man. I'm, uh, you know, Drew Brees was, was one of my guys. So, uh, what about yeah, this year? Jameis Winston's fan. gone for the year. Uh, Trevor Simeon's going to start. You still got Taysom yeah. Hill. What do you, what do you think of the rest of this season? Ah, uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to, uh, to replace, you know, it was tough to replace Drew Brees and Jameis was doing a great job. And now, it's going to be even tougher to replace Jameis. And I think Simeon did a great job. Uh, you know, obviously got a huge win, came in and finished out a huge win against the Bucks. But, uh, you know, I think our defense is, is going to need more than Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Hopefully Taysom can come in and, and provide a spark. But uh, it, it's, going, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a grind. So, uh, well, listen, this has been great. You're, you're deep into sports, man. I'm too deep in it. My wife says I'm, I, I love it. You know, I, I love music, but uh, sports is definitely a passion of mine. It's just something that uh, I, I keep up with, especially Louisiana sports. But uh, yeah, I do. I love it. Awesome, man. Well, listen, this has been really great. Cool getting to know you. 
the uh, latest EP features by dirt, which is a big hit. You should check it out. Good luck at the CMAs on, uh, on Wednesday, the 10th. And uh, thanks a lot for doing this, man. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you all for having me on. This is awesome. Uh, fantastic guy. Um, the music is great. You know, a lot of people listen to the show and may not follow country music. Jordan Davis, really, really cool to follow. His lyrics are fantastic. Just fantastic. Yeah. And, and you know what really stand, stood out for me is that every song has a bit of a different sound to it. Yeah. Like the lead in music. There's not there's not two songs that that start the same way, yeah. you know. I mean, everything is so unique, and the only thing that's the same is his beautiful voice and his his vivid limit um, lyrics that are just yep. incredible. I wanted to throw one thing. What are you watching right now? I'm watching Dope Sick. Oh yeah, how is it? I haven't watched it yet. It's good. It's disturbing, but it's is good. Is it disturbing? That's well, the one about it, the opioid crisis, Yeah, right? it's just disturbing subject matter, but um, the acting is really, really good. That's Michael Keaton, um, Michael Stuhlbarg, Peter and, Sarsgaard. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard. And um, Kate, what is it? Caitlin Devers? Caitlin Devers. Yeah. Devers? De- Devers? Devers? Yeah, Devers, I think. Just. See, great. sometimes I don't want to watch heavy stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I... I you just have to watch it to white to watch Michael Keaton. Yeah, I know Michael Keaton's because he is just incredible in it. Now you're watching Succession, right? I'm watching Succession. What about Curb? I I watched two episodes of Curb. Oh, Curb! The it's second fun. episode of Curb about the towels. Yes. Did you see the one about the towels? Yes. So so there are multiple references to Larry's ratty towels. They're old. Mm-hmm. And Jeff and Susie are getting new towels and they're nice, fluffy. They get them once a year or whatever it is. Do you have a preference between fluffy towels and sort of older towels that are broken in a little bit? I don't like the older towels. And, you know, sometimes, um, you know, we'll, we'll go to Costco yep. and they'll, they'll have like, you know, 10 towels for like a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> and they look really cozy and comfy. Yep. And then you bring them home and, you know, after like a couple of washings, uh, you, you have to get expensive towels, like like hotel brand soft. See, I could towels. not disagree with you more. I do not like fluffy towels. You can't get dry with. I know exactly what Larry is saying. You can't get dry with a fluffy towel the way you can with a towel that's broken in. It depends on the brand of the towel because I've stayed at some really cushy hotels and the towels had a little more of a softness to them. They were thicker, you know, Egyptian cotton, like, you know, oh, God, like a million so thread, fancy. a million thread. Co- well, I'm saying at, at a hotel where they have them, I don't yeah. buy towels like that, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't like the um, thinner towels. I just don't like them. Yeah. Are you watching the morning show? I am. Are you caught up? No. Um, okay. I, I don't want to say anything. Three there. or four episodes. I just saw a- the episode with um, Julianne Margulies. Okay. Yeah. No, there's stuff coming. I bet <clears throat> there's definitely stuff coming. Um, all right. Uh, Sue, let's wrap this sucker. Okay. All righty. You know how we do it. Yep. We Talk about our friend, friend Jacob. Jacob Romani. Yeah. yeah. So as texting back and forth with uh, Jacob this week, he's a huge Lakers fan. Um, and I, the only reason I mentioned that is because he's Jacob, you see him on the billboards and you see him on TV and the commercials and you see him 
you hear about him on ESPN when I'm doing the, the, the spots and, you know, he's a, he's a big deal. He's the biggest and he's the best, like the official law firm of the Los Angeles Lakers, official law firm of the LAFC, the black and gold. He's big, but he also will take the time if you're involved in an accident or you're injured in some way, car accident, motorcycle accident, maybe it's you, maybe it's your wife or your kid or whoever, a friend. He'll take the time to deal with you personally. He'll walk you through the process. He will handle the calls with the insurance company. He will uh, do all the paperwork and make sure all that gets done for you. And ultimately, he will get you the maximum compensation. So remember, if you're in a situation like this, car accident, motorcycle accident, accident of any kind, injury of any kind, you want Jacob. The number, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. 844-24-JACOB. Or remember, accident or injury. Call Jacob and Ronnie. Call Call Jacob. Jacob. Yeah, I'll take that. I I think we're getting better at that. Much better. I like that. That's a a, a first take. It's tricky over the Zoom. It's tricky over the Zoom. (laughs) I want to thank our uh, sound engineer, Milos uh, Yelenovic. Um, I think I am saying his name correctly now. He does a fantastic job. He'll let you know. He will correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong again. Um, and uh, don't forget, if you're listening right now, you can subscribe to the podcast on either uh, Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. We love it when you rate the show and when you review the show. That's awesome. And we appreciate it. Uh, Sue, fun today. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, and we will see everybody next time on the Culture Pop Podcast. <laughs>